Welcome to the Improve This Podcast with Brent Finnamore. Powerful, practical tools developed through Brent's 25 years of experience working with hundreds of companies in dozens of industries across the globe. Many of the tools Brent shares in his podcast can be further explored in his books on service, sales, and leadership available on Amazon. To learn more about how Brent helps organizations improve, go to thefinnamoregroup.com. And now, here's Brent. Welcome to Influence and Persuasion Tools. Today we're talking about how to build a strategic list for laser-focused influence. I want to talk about influence for a minute. I like to start out most of my workshops by asking how many people have colleagues who drop the ball? All hands go up. Then I say something that some people find a bit jolting. You can't get much done at work without the active support of others, right? And yet, no one has to do what you ask them to. Think about it for a minute. If you ask a colleague for a piece of information or some other deliverable by, say, Wednesday, then they give it to you on Thursday. Or worse, they don't give it to you at all. Will they be punished? No. Will they be spoken to by a manager? Almost certainly not. Will they lose their job? No. Think about your own experience just last week. Did you get underserved by a colleague? Did someone drop the ball on a project? Was anyone late getting you the deliverable that you needed for a presentation for a customer? And what consequence did they suffer? Probably none. One morning you wake up and you realize no one has to support you. It can be a real eye-opener, and you'd think that the exception might be a manager with direct reports, but you know what? Having worked with tens of thousands of them over the years, they tell me the same thing. Now, you're probably thinking, well, sure, they have to support me. That's part of their job. If they don't, eventually it'll catch up to them. Well, that's technically true. But that's not how it works in reality, is it? What really happens is some people will support you reliably, right? And others just enough to get by. And certainly not consistently or timely. After a while, you learn to just expect that from them and you eventually just lower your expectations. And if you can, you go bug someone else, right? So without a doubt, we need the active support of others to get things done in our day. And without a doubt, people don't have to get us what we ask for or when. And beyond all this, who wants to have to work harder than necessary to gain commitment, to change minds, to inspire action, or to get agreement, or to get support? So it follows naturally that influence and persuasion skills are among the most valuable performance tools you can ever acquire or master. And that's why I created this entire series for you. Great. But hold on. You probably already know also that your influence approach needs to be customized to the individual to be truly effective. Blanket approaches just don't work. People need to be handled differently according to their personalities and their interests and their character and their circumstances. The goal, after all, is to get the person to want to do what you want them to do. Well, how many different people do you interact with in a given month? Depending on your job, it could be as low as 50, but for many, it's as high as 100 or more. Do you have time, never mind the energy, to create a customized influence strategy for 100 different people? If you do, then you're a rare person indeed. <laughs> but for most of us, we need to find a way to focus our influence efforts, and here's how. You're going to build a strategic list. It's a list of your key people, along with, the in with some insights on each one that you can leverage in order to get better support from them. And you're going to find it to be a precious resource. Okay, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. All the questions I'm going to ask you will be used to create one list of names around 12. 
I want you to write these names down because we're going to develop them. Now, if you're driving or exercising while you're listening, a mental list is fine for now. You can replay this later, obviously. But I'm going to take you through this exercise as if you can do some writing and pause it from time to time to think. So, I want you to list them down the page and as far to the left margin as you can, leaving lots of room to the right for each name because we're going to add seven columns across the page. Now, as we go through these questions to make your strategic list of key people, I want you to keep adding names as they occur to you until you have around 12, you know, 10, 12, 14, somewhere in that ballpark. So here we go. In order to do your best work, who are the people you most need to depend on regularly? Write some names down. Now, some of these people might be on your team. Some might be in another part of the organization. Some might even be in a different company. Maybe some are suppliers. Maybe some are customers. Next question. In order to do their best work, who are the people who must depend on you regularly? Now, some of these names will be the same as the last question, but not all, so add a few more. Who are the people you most need to communicate with frequently and well? Who are the people that you most need to have mutual trust with? Who are the people whose work strongly affects yours? Take your time and build your list. Now, by the way, if you're struggling to come up with 10 or 12, no problem. Just give it some more thought. Maybe even come back to it later as names pop up in your mind throughout the day. Now, if you're coming up with 20, try to choose 12 that you most need to work well with. Now, as you make your list, you're going to find that some people you already do work well with and others not so much. You'll probably also find that you don't necessarily like or get along with one or two of the people that you're writing. Well, that's fine. I didn't ask you to make a list of your friends. Also, some names may be new and some may be many years old. As you know, your list changes over time. Study your list. These people are key to your success in your work. Think about how that's true for each name you wrote. You support each other reciprocally. Your outputs are connected. You can easily see how you want to have good communication and good relationships with each of them so you can work better together with greater trust and get things done. These are the people that you're going to want to focus your influence efforts on. And this list is 10 or so, not 100. Now let's make things interesting. Beside each name, I want you to start your first column. In your first column, beside each name, write their passion hobby. You know, the thing they most love to do outside of work. Cooking, skiing, poetry, guitar, gardening, running. Or write DK, don't know. In the next column, I want you to write the couple status of each one. Taken or single, so T for taken, S for single. Or again, DK for don't know. Third column, kids or pets. Do you know if they have kids or not? If you do, if they do have kids and you do know that, how many? Do you know that? Write what you know. On the other hand, you may come to a name and you may be aware that they don't have kids, but maybe they have pets. And for some people, pets are every bit as important to them 
as kids. So write what you know, or write DK, don't know. Now look at your work so far. Do you have too many DKs? What's that tell you? See, these things I just asked you, they're not the magical key to a relationship. It's just that these are things that you can't help but get to know about others over time unless you're all business all the time. So study it and see if you can learn anything about your communication habits. Are you always work first and always to the point? Or maybe they are and you continue to allow that to be the case without making enough effort. Some people try once or twice to make a, a bit of a connection with others and it doesn't work so they never try again. They just say, oh, that's just the way this person is and then they give up. Don't do that. This is too important. Relationships are too important. Now relationships, the next column, I'm going to get you to judge the quality of each relationship. But before I do that, I need to explain to you the four things that relationships, that constitute them. The first one is mutual disclosure. Mutual trust is the second one. Shared values and chemistry. Mutual disclosure means you know things about each other. You've shared things about each other. And it leads to humanness, seeing each other as human beings with lives. It also leads to sometimes the discovery of shared interests, which can create a bond. So mutual disclosure. The second element of a relationship is mutual trust. Mutual trust means, do we suspect and question each other's motives and intentions, or do we trust each other's character? Are you, are, is there suspicion, or is there honesty? Shared values is another key to a relationship. That can be shared values about raising children, about the importance of voting, about staying fit, about serving customers, just anything. When people have shared values, they form a stronger connection. And it's okay if you don't have all shared values, but if you share a few, you can, you can operate on those, you can leverage those, and talk about those from time to time to create rapport and build a bond. And the last one is chemistry. Chemistry means, is it easy to converse with them or is it exhausting to converse with them? Does it feel good to talk to them or does it feel icky to talk to them? Chemistry. So with those four things in mind, for each person, rate the current quality of the relationship. Good, poor, none. G, P, N. And this will be column four. Now look at your P's and N's poor and none. Maybe you'll want to do something about some of those. Here are some tips. Share a little bit about yourself here and there. Maybe something you did on a long weekend or a new hobby or a special outing you did. And here's the secret. Just be brief, like 10 seconds. So you're about to have a conversation with another person and you might just say, had a great long weekend, uh, went hiking with the kids. It was really fun. How about you? See, just a quick little sprinkle. Think of it like pepper. A little pepper can go a long way. You just pepper little bits here and there. Not every conversation either, but some of them from time to time. Share little bits about yourself. Now, a lot of people will say to me, yeah, but Brent, they never share back. Okay, so some don't share back. You know what you do? You keep on sharing anyway. And here's what happens. Over time, they can't help but come to see you as a human being with a life. And guess what that does? It affects how they work with you and interact with you. Just don't overdo it. 
And here's one more tip when you're sharing little bits about yourself. Nothing creepy. No one needs to know about your weirdness. <laughs> okay. The next tip is ask general questions, not specific. You know, you say to someone, are you married? Do you have kids? <laughs> These are too direct. People feel like they're being interviewed. It's jolting. They feel like their privacy is being violated and they feel cornered. Instead, ask general questions like, any plans for the weekend? Hey, what do you like to do during the holiday? I just realized I've never asked. And those kinds of questions are very safe because people can answer them any way they want. They're not boxed in. But then what you do is you look for the next tip, look for open doors. What's an open door? An open door is information they give you that it's okay to explore and talk about. So for example, you say to someone, what do you think of the cold snap we've been having with the weather? And they say, oh, I don't mind it too much, but my horses just hate it. I mean, that's an open door. Wouldn't it be actually weird to not comment? Imagine if you just said, uh-huh, I see. Anyway, let's get to this report. I mean, that would be ridiculous. No, instead you'd say, horses? Oh my gosh, I never knew that. How many do you have? What are their names? How old are they? You can ask any question. And now you can ask specific questions because the door has been opened. There are open doors everywhere. We just don't think to look because we're distracted and, and stressed about our work. You know, if somebody has a picture on the wall of them holding a fish, they want you to ask about the fish. So look for open doors and then go ahead and ask a few questions. But again, 10, 20 seconds and then move on. That's the key. Getting to know someone a little bit better and building a relationship so there's greater rapport and greater chemistry. It's a process, not an event. It's a process of little events. So take your time, but you gotta actively do it. Here's another tip, balance your needs with concern for the other person. Showing concern for others is a tremendous trust builder and it creates great rapport and even loyalty. So for example, if you, need, you say to someone, I need this by five, what if they say, well, I'm going to try, but listen, I've got to leave work today before five and then I've got to pick up my kids. What if you turn around and say, well, I really need it for five. You just insulted them. You just said without saying it, you just said, I don't care. I'm not concerned about your family pressures, only about this deliverable. So be careful. Balance means you say something like this. Well, that sounds important. I definitely don't want to be the cause of you missing that. Your kids come first, I agree. If you can get this done, that'd be great. Maybe I can take something off your plate so that I can free you up so that you can get this done. Is there any way we can do that? So show concern for others. It goes a long way. And remember, the goal here is not to create a list of 12 best friends. <laughs> Rather, it's to build a relationship that the two of you value. What's that mean? Well, that means it's going to be different for each person depending on the, their personality and yours, their level of preferred privacy and yours, and even culture. Different cultures have different approaches to relationship building and friendship. Do these things and you'll almost always find a way to bond, however small that bond might be. And guess what happens? Suddenly, they're a little more helpful, a little more responsive, and a little more supportive. Does that sound like something you want? Now comes column five. Make a fifth column, and in this one, 
I'm going to ask you this question. Do you spend enough time with each of these people on your list? Time on the phone, chit-chatting. Time on the phone talking about a business issue. Time discussing important things. Time going over details of an important project. Just sharing sometimes even just a little bit about your lives. Why for yes and for no. Now, when you look at the ends, you might be tempted to come up with some excuses. Well, yeah, but we're in a different time zone. Well, but they're, they're the ones always rushing the conversation and so on. But the reality is, for the two of you, your time is being taken up by all the people who are not on your lists. Maybe you're going to want to do something about that. Ready for column six? Service levels. Look at each person and ask yourself, do they serve and support you well? Are they helpful enough? Do they go the extra mile for you? Are they reliable? Rate each one one to ten. One being very, very poor and ten being excellent. Now what's interesting is to study the columns so far and look for patterns. You will see some. Let's go to column seven. Write an outstanding strength each person has. Now you're going to have to give this some thought, but I promise you it's going to be so worth it. Maybe someone is very detail-oriented. Maybe someone else is a great presenter. Maybe someone else is really good at spotting mistakes. Or maybe another person has a strong sense of urgency. Or perhaps someone else has a, a very deep technical expertise, and so on. Everyone has an outstanding strength. Whether you know it or not, whether you know what that strength is or not, everyone does. And in fact, sometimes a person's strength is the thing you like least about them. <laughs> Doesn't mean it isn't a strength. Now, why are we doing this? Did you know that when you ask someone for help, especially when that help relates to their strength, <clears throat> that they actually like you more? Research shows this. It's really interesting. You're acknowledging something they're proud of, and people love using their strengths. It makes them happy. So it's a great hack for improving a relationship. Go to a person and say, for example, listen, I'm working on a presentation and I'm really just not confident that it's what I need it to be. And something I've always admired about you is you're just one of the most gifted presenters I have ever known. And I would really appreciate your help. Could you just look this over? I'm not asking you to take it all on, but if you could just give me a little coaching, is there anything I could do to fine tune this? I'd be so grateful. Is that okay to ask? These are the ways that we actually improve mutual trust and chemistry with other people. Not to mention the fact that if, in fact, a person does have a great strength and they do help you, you're also better off because you've gotten their help. Kind of obvious, but there is that direct benefit as well. As you study and reflect on your new strategic list, you're going to see these patterns, as I mentioned before. Learn from those patterns and get to work repairing your list. Make new, higher quality time with the other people on your list and develop those relationships. Utilize their strengths and watch what happens to your influence with them. You'll see them become more helpful, more responsive and engaged. 
And like I said at the start of this podcast, they may not have to do what you ask, but now you'll find they want to. And you'll be able to get more done with less bugging, less pestering, and less efforting. Good luck with your strategic list. Thank you for listening. Once again, you can learn more about Brent's enterprise performance solutions at thefinemoregroup.com. 